Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the BadgerBlitz.com podcast, of course, powered by Overtime Media. This is senior writer Jay Kokorowski here on this Saturday morning. A little chilly here in Madison, Wisconsin, but guess who's red hot? That's the Wisconsin Badgers men's basketball program, 14-2, and coming off six straight wins as a little bit of a break after their wins this past week against Maryland on Sunday and Ohio State on Thursday. Joining us, of course, another senior writer at BadgerBlitz.com covering the men's basketball beat. We got Benjamin Wargo. Ben, man, thanks for making time this weekend and quite the winning streak for Wisconsin, quite the start to 2021-2022 for Greg Gard and his program. Yeah, you really don't have any complaints about where this team is at. I mean, you look at a 14-2 team, 5-1 and one in the Big Ten. Uh, they're playing remarkably well here with six straight wins. Uh, you know, they've done a lot of really good things, and I think a lot of really surprising things to people. You know, certainly when you looked at this team, and we talked about this last time I was on, that Wisconsin lost so many players off last year's team that you thought, you know, they they weren't going to be that good, but they have potential to be good. But I don't think any – no one saw this. You know, Greg Gard has admitted that he didn't see, I don't think, this start coming. No one saw what Johnny Davis has done. And I think – well, I'm sure we'll get into this here next. I think one of the most impressive things here about this winning streak was the last game against Ohio State where they won by 10, uh, didn't trail the entire game, and they did it on a night where Johnny Davis was just 4 for 18 shooting. It showed that this team – is more than just Johnny Davis. And Davis is worthy of all of the hype that he's been getting. Talk about, you know, player of the year candidate, first team All-American, all these accolades that have come with him at the midway point of the season. But to get contributions from guys like Tyler Wall and Brad Davis, and who you kind of expected two players who needed to take a step up this year, but to get other contributions from guys like Stephen Crawl, who's played remarkably well, uh, Chris Vogt, who's been such a, a huge addition to this team from the transfer portal. Uh, young players like Chucky Hepburn, you know, playing 28 minutes and, and playing well defensively and with ball security. And, and guys coming off the bench, too. We didn't really know what Lauren Bowman was going to bring this year, but he's been big off the bench. Jacoby Neath has done some good things. The role players have stepped up. Uh, it's just it's encouraging to see how this team has become a team, so to speak, over the course of of these first couple months of the season, while last year's team kind of had fractures appearing at this point uh, in the season. So it's a good start, a lot of basketball left, but I think, you know, everyone has to be encouraged by where this team is at right now. Right, and let's let's hone in on this, what this past week was. You know, a 70-69 win at Maryland, up by a lot, then squeak out a win there in College Park, and then you come back four days later, Ohio State at home. You mentioned just what they did against the Buckeyes, even though the Buckeyes was down, uh, they were down a key member of the the program there. But I guess what are your biggest takeaways in your eyes from the past two wins that has now elevated them to five and one in the Big Ten Conference play? Well, I, starting with the win in Maryland, you know, they had such a, a tremendous start, you know, up by 20, 21 points, I believe it was in the first half. 
and then they kind of let things get away from them. And they let things get away from them by going away what their strength was, which is kind of playing through the post. And, and Maryland, Maryland, despite the record, is a good team. There's some good players on that team. And to get a win on the road in the Big Ten is important no matter where it is, no matter who you're playing. And I think what Wisconsin was able to do was hit some big shots late in that game. Um, there was a very – back and forth game lane. Stephen Crawl hit a big three-pointer with about four minutes to go that put them up by three, and they were able to kind of stay um, stay in front the entire way, even though Maryland pushed them. And, uh, you know, end of the game situation, Brad Davison misses the first free throw, which is rare for him. He was, I think, 87.5% from the line at that point. Intentionally misses the second, uh, which was a design play. They don't guard the play very well. It doesn't go off perfectly like they practice, but they get a win. It works nonetheless. As Brad Davidson said, let's get out of here. You know, let's move on to the next one. And because of what happened at College Park and because of what happened in Columbus last month, it reiterated to this team the importance of playing through the post and playing with energy, playing physical through the entire game, not just a stretch of game. And you, know, you remember that game in Columbus, Wisconsin did not match Ohio State's energy in that first half. Even though they led in that game early, they did not have the same type of energy that the Buckeyes did. And you trail by five at halftime, and then early in the second half, you just come out so cold that you were unable to kind of stem the tide of E.J. Liddell and the home crowd. And, you know, Johnny Davis made a point talking to me after the game that he kind of called out the forwards of the team. He called out Crawl and Vote and Wall. Because E.G. Liddell had nine rebounds in that game, and those three players I mentioned had a combined total of five. That You need more from the front court. You need more physicality in the post. And I thought the 20 minutes against the Buckeyes on Thursday really set the tone for the entire game and pretty much won the game for Wisconsin. They were up double figures within the first six minutes of the game. They just built and sustained and controlled a lead. Ohio State was never able to kind of will that lead to, to six or less. And they had great balance. And I thought Tyler Wall is on a tremendous run here. I mean, he had six assi- five assists in the first 14 minutes of the game uh, of his time on the court, which set a new career high. And all five of those were three-pointers hit by his teammates. Of the six assists, seven, it led to 17 points for Wisconsin. I mean, that's, that's a huge number. So, and it came from playing through the post and attacking the lane. And they were able to get Ohio State into foul trouble and get uh, EJ Liddell and Justin Ahearns to foul out. Uh, three things that stood out, uh, too, from the first meeting to the second meeting Wisconsin was out rebounded 49, uh, I think it was 49 28. Ohio State was plus 21 on the boards in that game. And on Thursday, it was 33 even. And Wisconsin had an edge at second chance points 14 to 12, uh, 14-13, excuse me. That, that's a huge, you know, narrowing of the gap in that regard. Um, in Columbus, Ohio State had 14 transition points, 14 fast break points. Wisconsin, with better offensive sets in this game, held them to zero through 40 minutes. And the lack of aggression in the first mean, Ohio, uh, Wisconsin was just five of nine from the free throw line. On Thursday, they were 14 of 20. So by them getting to the free throw line more, making more free throws, having a better uh, flow within their offense, hitting more shots always helps too. They were able to get back in transition, limit transition opportunities, and set their defense. And that's part of the reason why Ohio State 
went just three for 19 from three-point range was that Wisconsin was able to contest and get out to more three-point shooters with more consistency. So just the growth of this team, not just from the first meeting against Ohio State to this one in a month, but just from Sunday to Thursday, you have to be pretty impressed with how this team just continues to take some, some pretty good steps forward. Now you look at this home in on one player in particular, Tyler Wall, double digits in scoring four of the last five games, 20 plus points in the last two contests. He's averaging 15 points, 20 shooting 70.7% from the field, averaging also 5.8 rebounds per game in that five game stretch. And of course against the Buckeyes, 20 points, seven rebounds, six assists, assists, a big dunk late in that second half too. Just has anything changed in your eyes during these past few games that has stood out to you about just the way he's playing right now? Well, one, he's healthier. Um, you know, guard said after after the win on Thursday that that Wall kind of was dealing with the flu early in the year against Indiana in that Indiana Ohio State stretch. Probably shouldn't have played against Indiana, but he ended up playing anyways. And that was a big win for the team that came back from from twenty plus down uh, to win that game uh, in, in their Big Ten opener. And, and then you had, you know, the COVID break, certainly, and the exam break when they lost the game against George Mason because of COVID tests within their program. And I think when you looked at this team kind of coming into the year, you know who the old guy was. It was Brad Davison. I mean, the only senior of the group to return from last year. But then you look down the list and, and see who the next oldest, most experienced player on the team was. It's Tyler Wall, who has just come into his junior year. So there's a big gap with um, – with the upperclassmen and part of it because Wisconsin whiffed on an entire recruiting class, but that's a story for another day. But while to come in, moving from an underclassman to an upperclassman, you hope that there's some natural growth there that you've been through it now two years that you're able to take what you've learned and apply it and, and be, and be involved in such a bigger role within the team that you're going to get more opportunities. And you look at these last, three games, I think the confidence factor is off the charts for Tyler Wall, just with what he's able to do, knowing that he can go in and drive the lane and be physical and get rewarded for it and have a a plethora of low post moves that can that can work. There was one play in the game on Thursday where he drove to the lane, did a spin move, he then reached towards the uh, reached towards the basket, but he kept his pivot foot foot down to get the defender to kind of come with him towards the the basket, and then he was able to recenter himself and take a jumper in the lane and make it. I mean, that just shows experience there. Made it 61-51. I remember the score. Just stuff like that shows that he's extremely confident with what he is doing. And you mentioned the numbers. I mean, coming into this. This season, he was over. Uh, uh, he was in double figures. Excuse me, lost my train of thought. He was in double figures just five times in two years. He's up to seven times this year in double figures. Nineteen and seven, he's averaging over the last three games. I mean, this again. There's this growth with Tyler Wall and with a lot of these guys. Stephen Crawl is another guy you can point to as as someone who has had tremendous growth this year. And just the stretch that he is on since coming back from the COVID break. He had a career at 21 points against Illinois State. He played fairly good defense against Zach Eady, despite giving up four inches in that win at Purdue. He has been consistently around double digits in scoring and double digits in rebounds for the last three games. That's a huge lift for this team. And he's hitting some big shots. I mentioned the three against Maryland. He had a big uh, and one opportunity against Ohio State 
that kind of caused some separation later in the in the second half. So this the balance of this team is starting to really kind of shine through. And it starts with Johnny Davis, obviously. And then next is Tyler Wall. Tyler Wall is probably emerging. as probably the second best player on this team, but it's pretty close. There's a lot of guys that can compete for the number two spot. And the best part is it kind of rotates on a given, on any given day basis. And that makes this team that much, uh, much, that much more of a handful for opposing defenders. You talk about like who could be number two. Well, number one right now we're looking at, of course, is we talked about him before, Johnny Davis. You can call it an off day uh, with you know fourteen and nine. Even with, he almost had a double double on an off day. He was four eighteen yeah. shooting, like you mentioned before. He you know team high four turnovers. The team had only nine against Ohio State, so nearly half of the turnovers came from from the sophomore. He's still averaging twenty one point eight points, seven point two rebounds per game heading into next week and facing Northwestern on Tuesday. But it's kind of a twofold question. Just what did you see in that game that against Ohio state that made him trail off and miss 14 shots, but also on the second half of that, just you talked about how he's talking to players and, and, and asking for more, just how are you seeing leadership evolve with him being only a second year player within the program? Well, I think the, the leadership has happened because it needed to happen. Um, you know, Johnny Davis had a huge off season where he was a role player last year and then got, gets the opportunity to go to the Team USA U19 tryouts and makes the team and then wins a gold medal on that team. And so I think that showed him how good of a player he is, not just at Wisconsin, but in the country, that he's able to, one of the best young players in the country, that he's able to go to this camp, he's able to make the team, and he's able to be a player involved on this team that wins a championship. And Talking to players after he came back, he was just a different player. He had that confidence in him, and he also had that leadership in him that, hey, I I was – but not in that cocky sense. You know, hey, I was able to do this. This is what I learned. Let me show you this. And so many guys have latched on to him. And just the performances that he's taken has – and he's done it with such a humility, too. I mean, he may look like just this savage on the course uh, – on, on the court, and he is in a way – but it's never about him. Whenever you talk to him in post-game media sessions, in after-practice media sessions, it's all about the team and making the team better and challenge you guys on the team to be better. Not get up to his level, but just to be better because he knows they can be better. Uh, like I said against you know, Ohio State, he challenged the forwards to be more physical, and they have been. And that's not to say that it's because Johnny Davis told him to. It's just that it needed to be done. And Davis isn't afraid to say what needed, needs to be said. And I think that when you have so much turnover on a team, to have a young player find his voice and have guys respect that voice, that's huge for a team's growth. In terms of his performance on Thursday, I thought he just pushed. Uh, I thought he rushed quite a bit. I thought a lot of his shots uh, were not high-quality shots. In the first half, he had a pass and a shot uh, blocked shortly after they left his hand. That's not usual for him. He had a travel in the backcourt when he wasn't uh, being guarded by anybody. Uh, just took a weird, um, you know, picked up his dribble when he shouldn't have and took a hop step. Um, just, just he didn't look like the confident player that we've seen over the course of the last couple of games. And 
you know, he didn't play that well against Maryland, but he still, you know, got his points. Um, I think Maryland defended him really well. I think Ohio State defended him really well. But I think a lot of the things he did were self-inflicted to a degree. I mean, it's called a, a mini slump. If he wants to these last two games, that's fine. I would still take 14-9 and nine from him. You know, he's had at least nine rebounds in four of the last five games, so he's crashing the boards. He's doing other things really well. But, you know, to go into halftime and Johnny Davis, your star, your alpha player, has – three assists, I mean, three turnovers, and one field goal, and you're up by 13 points, you know, that's encouraging. I think it was encouraging for this team to see Davis struggle to a degree, and yet they still win by 10. Um, you know, that is not a recipe for success moving forward, especially when Michigan State comes to town here next week. But I think it gives the guys confidence that if Johnny Davis is struggling, the team just goes, oh, no, what are we going to do now? they prove to themselves that they can win when Johnny Davis isn't playing his best. And that wasn't the case earlier this year. You know, they didn't have him against Providence and they didn't play well. Um, they didn't, you know, they had only 58 points in that game. You know, the low post players didn't play well. Their low post defense wasn't, uh, wasn't in a good spot. That game feels like ages ago now with how Wisconsin has played with Johnny Davis playing remarkably well. And now you win a game, a quad one game, when Johnny Davis doesn't play well. And that's encouraging for this team. So recalibrating expectations for this Wisconsin program, right? Uh, I was on BJ and the Bear up on the score in, in Appleton area yesterday morning. Uh, appreciate those guys having me on every week talking football and basketball throughout the football and basketball seasons. But, you know, Brian Butch kind of mentioned to me, you know, kind of talking about expectations and changing. Uh, I don't remember the exact question, but just uh, I'll try to, take that topic and put it towards our podcast and ask you on this, Ben, how would you recalibrate expectations now for this program where a 14 and two record five and one in the big 10 third in the conference between undefeated Illinois at six and oh and Michigan state at five and oh, and you see the you know top 25 and Ken Palm T rank and the NCAA net rankings, and they have seven quad uh, seven quad one wins. So what should be the, the expectations going forward. Uh, what do you expect uh, and foresee from this team heading into this, you know, the meat of the Big Ten schedule and what could happen and, and where they could be? Well, I expect them to be competitive in every game. They've been that way through 16 games, that they haven't had a, a night where they haven't um, brought brought their best. You know, there's been games where they've, you know, maybe not shot the ball well, you know, like in Ohio State, but they've always been competitive. They've always fought. And so I would expect this team to continue as such through the, the latter part of the, of the season. Certainly expectations have changed. You know, this team was predicted to finish 10th in the Big Ten. I think it's safe to say they will finish above that. Um, this team felt that they could win a Big Ten championship, and I think that this 5-1 and one start to conference play has proven to them that they can win a Big Ten championship. Now there's a lot of basketball left. You know, there's you know the road game on Tuesday at Northwestern. Northwestern's struggling. They're not playing very well, but still, it's on the road. Uh, Wisconsin has faced has fared well against Northwestern over the years. So uh, you would think that Wisconsin would win this game. So let's just say for podcast argument's sake, they win this game. So now they're six and one. Now you start in in in, in a very physical game against Michigan State. Michigan State has had Wisconsin's number since Greg Gard has become head coach. Now, there's been some good wins there. Now, Greg Gard and Wisconsin have upset a high, highly ranked Michigan State before at home. But beating Michigan State with consistency has been a challenge. And if you want to be considered, in my opinion, 
a legit contender in the Big Ten, you have to beat Purdue and you got to beat Michigan State. Now they've beaten Purdue. Now here's your chance to beat Michigan State. You're going to get Michigan State twice here in a short span. You're going to face them at home on the 21st, and then you're going to go to East Lansing on February 8th. In between there, you have, you know, Nebraska on the road, Minnesota at home. Okay, you know, not, you know, the top of the Big Ten. But then that road game at Illinois on February 2nd, the only time you're going to face Illinois this year is another critical one for Wisconsin. So there's some big games coming up here that are really, in my opinion, going to kind of figure out where this team is is really at in terms of the Big Ten. Now, they have a lot of good wins so far. I'm not taking anything away from them. They're 6-1. and one. I looked this morning. They're 6-1 and one in quad one games. That's best in the country by two games. No one else in the country has more than four of those wins. They're in a great spot to get a great seed in the NCAA tournament. They possibly could play home in Milwaukee uh, for a regional site or a first or second round site, excuse me. So there's a lot to play for. There's a lot of good things going in their direction, but you know, you got to win these big games, especially at home. And Wisconsin, for the most part, at full strength, has defended the home court well. We'll have to kind of see where this team is at on the night of February 8th when you've played Michigan State twice, you've played Illinois, you've had a bunch of road games thrown in there, um, you are over the halfway point of the season. I still think it's kind of early to make bold proclamations, but I will say this, I think, with what we've seen so far, there's no reason not to think that Wisconsin can't win a Big Ten title this year. Um, the Badgers have have depth. They have uh, a, the, probably one of the best players in the country in Johnny Davis. They have shown that they can be a three-point shooting team. You know, they haven't shot the ball particularly well from three, but they went 10 of 23 on Thursday. If they can shoot just around 35% from three-point range, on a given night, or 30 to 35%. That makes this team that much uh, more dangerous. And I think to add another layer to this team offensively, with a team that's been very impressive offensively with the way they've been able to push tempo, they're playing with their fastest tempo in, you know, 15 years. Uh, this team has a lot of good things going for it. So if they can stay healthy and they can kind of keep building on, you know, these past games, they're, they're going to be a dangerous team here um, in conference play and, and then when they get to the national tournament. And as always, man, I appreciate you having on the podcast. What do you have coming up for basketball this weekend and coming up this week with, with those two big games on the, on the Big Ten schedule for Wisconsin? Well, I have a feature on Jordan Davis, you know, the other Davis brother. Um, got to talk to him uh, over the over the weekend and, and kind of got to hear his story because, you know, he's getting overshadowed by Johnny Davis. But Jordan Davis has done some really good things for this team, too, coming off the bench. I kind of talked to him kind of about what, what his role is and how many times he gets mistaken on a given day for Johnny Davis. Um been doing a, a thing this year. I got to talk to, to Bo Ryan, um, for those that mm. don't remember the name Bo, uh, Gary Close, and a bunch of other uh, former Big Ten assistants um, over the course of the last couple of months, just about Wisconsin basketball and how it's kind of changed over the last two decades uh, with, with different with rivalries and, and series with, with other conference teams. And so every time before Wisconsin plays a – Iowa or a Maryland or a Northwestern, I kind of do a, a dive into the series between the two programs and how it's changed over the last 20 years since Bull Ryan and Greg Gard came. It's been very interesting to me how Wisconsin has just changed the perception of these, these series, like with Ohio State, how Ohio State just dominated this series 
for so many years. Well, under Wisconsin, Wisconsin has a weighing record, a pretty good weighing record against Ohio State over the last you know 20 years. And Ohio State's had some really good teams. Um, you know, looking at Northwestern, we'll have the Northwestern story up uh, here uh, tomorrow or, or Monday about how Wisconsin has just been dominant against Northwestern dating back to the early 1900s. Uh, we'll have the Michigan State story up uh, uh, mid-next week, too. So that, that's been fun. I think people kind of get to enjoy memory lane. We've talked about some memorable moments in the series. And so I'll be doing that all all Big Ten season long uh, on BadgerBlitz.com. So Jordan Davis and some uh, closer looks, some deep dives into some Wisconsin basketball series. That's on the docket. Ben, as always, I appreciate you. Have a great rest of the weekend. Uh, we'll see you back, uh, gosh, at the Cole Center coming up on Tuesday. No, 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 no. Uh, on Friday. We'll see me your coverage. You'll see me, you'll for, see me at Wells Ryan Arena on Tuesday uh, via Zoom, Jake. How's that sound? That sounds great to me, my friend. Uh, folks, it's Benjamin Wargle, beat writer, senior writer at BadgerBlitz.com. Guys, we're going to wrap up the show real quick. Make sure you guys like, subscribe to this podcast, Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you find podcasts. Check out the BadgerBlitz.com podcast. It's a weekly episode uh, that we come to bring, you know, that we bring to you each and every week. And then, of course, our YouTube channel that we just revamped. I just talked to Scott Nelson last week, uh, or or this week, I should say, talking about his experience at the College Gridiron Showcase. Check that out. We're going to have more. I'm getting in line to try to talk to more Badgers coming up. So we'll, again, check out our YouTube channel. Subscribe there. Subscribing to both the podcast and the YouTube is free. Of course, badgerblitz.com, wisconsin.rivals.com for Ben's work in written form during the game, before the game's every week he's got that for basketball i have football stuff we just finished up our positional reviews and our you know we have our better know a badger series talking about some of the mid-year enrollees doing a q a uh, we have four of them coming up and we have three published one more coming up on saturday with aiden vaughn so we have a lot to bring to you if you're not subscribing to badgerblitz.com help us give us a chance to earn your business and you won't regret it because we have over almost 40 years of experience covering the beats the various beats covering wisconsin recruiting Great time to take a look at us and and see what we can offer you in terms of all around Wisconsin coverage. So on that note, I'll let you guys go. Have a great week. Be safe, be well, be healthy. We'll talk to you next week on the BadgerBlitz.com podcast powered by Overtime Media.